0: Hello, hello. It's Justin Gordon, the founder of Just Go Grind and host of this podcast. Today is a bit of an update because it has been about six months since I've published an episode. The podcast has been paused. There has been a lot going on. Let's get right to it. I started a newsletter also called Just Go Grind, and it is a newsletter that features deep dives on founders, so world-class founders every single week. I have Basically, studied 24 founders so far, writing the 25th one this week. Everyone from Sam Altman to Melanie Perkins to Tope Awatana and Ryan Peterson and the DoorDash founder, Tony Hsu, and Stripes founder, Patrick Collison, and on and on. These take me roughly 20 to 30 hours each week to write and research. I quit my job at Vitalize Venture Capital to do this full-time on May 15th. And so I've been doing it full-time for about two months now. Went all in after I had booked my first sponsor. I had growth with the newsletter. It is now at 18,000 subscribers, which is absolutely mind-blowing. I passed it literally today. past passed 18,000 subscribers and it continues to grow. It's probably growing at like 1,000 a week at this point. And I'm also doing audio editions of the newsletter. So Basically, I'm reading the newsletter, adding some spice, a little bit of flair to it with my own, my own voice as well to make it more entertaining. Uh, but then publishing those for premium subscribers, and so I have a premium tier of subscriber. So the free subscribers get one to two editions per month. So these are deep dives, again, 20, 30 hours for each one. And the paid subscribers then, these premium subscribers, get access to roughly four editions per month, as well as audio editions. So some of the recent premium editions of the newsletter were Travis Kalanick's Relentless Ambition, How the Uber Co-Founder Built a $68 Billion Empire, And also, another recent paid one was J.S. Brian Howroyd's remarkable Success Story, Building the Act One Group into a Billion Dollar Company. These have been a ton of fun to put together. Writing I haven't done in a long time in this type of deep dive format. And now with the 25th one coming up, I continue to enjoy the process, always learning and growing and figuring out more about these founders. And with this podcast, the Jessica Grind podcast as it is currently, I'm not sure what it's going to be next. I'm trying to figure that piece of it out. Coming back to it, do I do more interviews? Now I have this newsletter, so I can use that to help grow the show. I'm figuring all these things out, figuring out what is the next step. But for now, in the near term, I'm going to publish a couple of these audio editions that are normally only available to premium subscribers, uh, which you can find at JustGoGrind.com, and you can upgrade there. It's, it's relatively inexpensive. People who are a part of it already tell me I should be charging more. Also comes with a founder community that we run through Slack and we have week, weekly office hours talking about all sorts of founder issues from fundraising to product to hiring and marketing and much more. All that to say, it's been a busy six months because at first I was writing this newsletter and had a full-time job, basically working you know, 60, 70 hours per week to be able to pull it off. Now that I'm full-time, it is Great in that it gives me much more time to spend towards building the company, but obviously, then it's all on me. Uh, But I'm enjoying that process so far. It has been fun to say the least, meeting a lot of interesting people through this. And thank you to Harry Campbell from the Rideshare guy, who I just was on his podcast today actually. And he was the one who mentioned, you know, something I could do with this podcast, kind of giving an update as well, which prompted this little diatribe here. And so I'm going to publish the first couple of the audio editions. Again, all of them will be available for premium subscribers at justgogrind.com. But I want to give you the heads up that these will be published. It gives you a little like preview of what they are. So I'll publish a couple of them on here as well. And you can expect very soon, hopefully in the next few weeks, maybe in the next few months, some more podcast episodes here as well. So here is the first audio edition of the Just Go Grind newsletter. The Unrelenting Ambition of Sam Altman, Looped, Y Combinator, OpenAI, and Investing in a Bright Future Sam Altman is the epitome of ambition. He's a co-founder and CEO of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT and Dali2 that's reportedly valued at $29 billion. Previously, he was president at Y Combinator, a behemoth in the venture industry, and the world's best startup accelerator, with companies that include Airbnb, Stripe, Instacart, and Dropbox, among others. At 19, he dropped out of Stanford to start Looped, selling it at age 26 for $43 million. In 2009, Paul Graham, co-founder of YC, named Sam one of the five most interesting founders of the last 30 years, along with people like Steve Jobs and the founders of Google, writing, Honestly, Sam is, along with Steve Jobs, the founder I refer to most when advising startups. On questions of design, I asked, What would Steve do? But on questions of strategy or ambition, I ask, what would Sam do? Again, that's Paul Graham's quote. At this time, Sam was only 24 years old, and that was three years after he'd been compared to Bill Gates in another Paul Graham essay. Oh, and we haven't even mentioned Sam's angel investments. Sam has made sizable investments in a number of notable companies. One that stands out, his largest investment to date, a $375 million investment into Helion, a nuclear fusion company as part of a $500 million funding round. Yes, $375 million of his own money was invested into one company. Let's dive into how Sam Altman became Sam Altman, the scope of his ambitions, and some lessons we can take from him. Early days. Sam Altman grew up in St. Louis and had an interest in computers from a young age. When he was eight years old, he got his first Macintosh computer, which, according to a New Yorker profile, became his lifeline to the world. It also seemed clear that even during his youth, he was quite resourceful. Here's a quote from Liz Gaines of Recode. Altman's mother, a dermatologist with four children, likes to tell people that by the time he was 10 years old, she felt that she would have been comfortable dropping Sam off alone in New York City. End of the quote. I'm not sure how many mothers would say that about their 10-year-old kids. However, what stands out most from his upbringing and perhaps foreshadows later bold bets he'd make is a story from his days at prep school. After a Christian group boycotted an assembly about sexuality at his prep school, John Burroughs, Altman addressed the whole community, announcing that he was gay and asking whether the school wanted to be a repressive place or one open to different ideas. Madeline Gray, Altman's college counselor, said, What Sam did changed the school. It felt like someone had opened up a great big box full full of kinds of kids and let them out into the world. Tad Fried in The New Yorker wrote that. Sam would eventually attend Stanford, where he studied computer science. In 2005, after his sophomore year, he dropped out to work on his first startup, Looped. Sam was just 19 years old when he started Looped, a social networking mobile app utilizing location-based data to help connect people to their community. As I write this in 2023, Loop seems like a footnote in Sam's career, a topic Sam himself mentioned in one of his most popular essays. Here's a quote from the essay. It's useful to focus on adding another zero to whatever you define as your success metric money, status, impact on the world, or whatever. I'm willing to take as much time as needed between projects to find my next thing, but I always want it to be a project that, if successful, will make the rest of my career look like a footnote. I love that quote by Sam. While Looped would eventually become a mere footnote in Sam's career, it was far from a failure and served as the jumping-off point for everything else he'd do in his career. Looped was one of the companies in the first batch of Y Combinator, which at the time had a program called the Summer Founders Program and was announced with this post on Paul Graham's blog. You can find that link at grind.com. But Sam getting into YC in 2015, sorry, in 2005, almost didn't happen. In 2005, they had scheduled Altman for his in-person YCAM interview, for which he would fly to Boston, where the program was originally located from, San, from the San Francisco Bay Area. Altman was having trouble getting his potential co-founders to commit to coming with him and he also tried to push the interview back so he could participate in a pitch event the day before. As Livingston recalled it, Paul wrote back, kind of trying to blow him off, saying, you're only a freshman, just apply next year. Altman replied, I'm a sophomore, and I'm coming. Maybe he would have gone the next year, but maybe not. Regardless, Looped ended up getting accepted into YC's first batch. However, despite Sam's crazy work ethic, they struggled. Here's a quote from The New Yorker. Altman worked so incessantly that summer that he got scurvy. He excelled at wrangling meetings with mobile carriers and at closing deals with them to feature the app, whose valuation eventually soared to $175 million. Consumers, though, never bought in. We had this optimistic view that location would be all-important, Altman said. The pessimistic view was that people would lie on their couches and just consume content, and that's what happened. I learned you can't make humans do something they won't want to do. It's a bit harsh, though to say customers never bought in. Loops did grow to at least 3 million users in 2010 and by some accounts had 5 million users at one point. Loops also showcased Sam's ability, even at a young age, to close deals. Here's a quote from Boost Mobile's Lowell Winner. I remember about 15 to 20 minutes into the meeting, we stepped outside of the room and we're like, okay, shit. We need, to call. we need to go tell our VP that at the 11th hour, we're changing direction, and we want to bet on a pre-launch startup with a 19-year-old CEO, which is Sam Altman. And the experience of trying to sell to carriers taught Sam an important lesson as well. Here's a quote from Sam. I learned this great lesson in my life. The way to get things done is to just be really fucking persistent. I had this philosophy of going to every door and every window. Loopt would go on to raise $30 million from investors, including a $5 million Series A that includes Sequoia and NEA, two of the world's best venture capital firms. Eventually, Looped was acquired for $43.4 million, with Sam personally making $5 million. While he was building Loopt, Sam also got to start with angel investing, as he mentioned in his essay on Black Swan Seed Rounds. Here's a quote from the essay. I started seed investing in 2010 and much more actively in 2012 before becoming a full-time YC partner. In this period, I invested in about 40 companies. So far, five of them are in the really good category, a current value of around 100X, not 100%, 100X or more, based on the valuation of the last round or last offer. End quote. Let me just highlight something you have missed. Five of the first 40 companies he invested in, 12.5%, were valued at 100X, 100 times the valuation at which he invested in them. That is just crazy. Yes, these are just valuations, of course, but that's quite the track record that early on especially. One of the first angel investments he had, Stripe, a company currently valued somewhere around $60 billion, but more on that in a bit. Sam's angel investing experience and time-building loops didn't only turn out to be highly lucrative for him, but it set him up for his role as YC's president. Y Combinator. Sam became a part-time partner at YC in 2011, advising founders while still building Looped. In February 2014, he became the first president of YC after Paul Graham, the co-founder. Who else was in the running for the role? Nobody. Here's a quote from Jessica Livingston, YC founding partner. There wasn't a list of who should run YC and Sam at the top. It was just Sam. (laughs) YC presented an opportunity for Sam to leave his mark with his unrelenting ambition leading the way. As Mark Andreessen, co-founder of the VC firm Andreessen Horowitz, put it, under Sam, the level of YC's ambition has gone up 10x. what does this mean? Well, YC in 2014, prior to Sam taking over, was certainly established. At the time, YC already had 17 batches of companies come through the program, the likes of which included Airbnb, which is the winter 09 batch, Dropbox, summer 07, and Stripe, summer 09. In total, more than 500 companies had gone through the accelerator by the time Sam became president. One story from a time before Sam became YC president, told by Brian Chesky, the co-founder of Airbnb, illustrates his ambitions well. Here's a quote from The New Yorker. We had limited our projected revenue to $30 million, Chesky said. Sam said, take all the M's and make them B's. Altman recalls telling them either you don't believe everything you said in the rest of the deck, or you're ashamed, or I can't do math. Sam's level of ambition and what he expects of others are clear, and shortly after becoming president, he made some major moves. A profile on The New Yorker outlines a couple of them from 2014. Altman wanted to create a trillion-dollar conglomerate and to move the world forward, and he realized You couldn't have a trillion-dollar enterprise without major scientific advances, so he opened the batches to hard tech, studied the science and engineering problems such companies faced, and recruited the most promising ones. Altman helped to persuade Kyle Vogt, the CEO of the self-driving car company Cruise, to do YC in 2014. Afterwards, when Cruise had trouble finding funding, he invested $3 million in the company. In March, General Motors bought Cruise for $1.25 billion. And then in 2015, by which time the valuation of all YC companies was a staggering $65 billion, he announced a few more initiatives. The first was YC Research, announced on October 7, 2015, and personally funded by Sam with a $10 million donation. Here's a quote from Sam at the time. Our mission at YC is to enable as much innovation as we can. Mostly this means funding startups, but startups aren't ideal for some kinds of innovation. For example, work that requires a very long time horizon, seeks to answer very open-ended questions, or develops technology that shouldn't be owned by any one company. We think research institutions can be better than they are today. So we're starting a new research lab, which we're calling YC Research, to work on some of these areas. The second, announced a week later, was YC Continuity, a $700 million growth stage fund led by the former CEO of Twitter, Ali Roghani. A couple of months after those announcements, Sam co founded OpenAI as a nonprofit with Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Reid Hoffman, Jessica Livingston, Greg Brockman, and a number of others. Then in 2016, January, YC announced they'd fund a study on basic income for the first time, putting out a request for research. By the end of the same year, they launched the MOOC Startup School, or MOOC Startup School, an evolution of the YC Fellowship. Here's a quote from the New Yorker about it. Starting this winter, YC Fellowship is becoming Startup School, a free, online, 10-week course for as many companies as want to take part. They won't get funded, but they can learn the same lessons as batch companies do. Altman, who will personally oversee this initiative, believes it's the fastest, easiest way to bring 10,000 new founders a year into the network. He said, if we create more scale for the world and 10x the number of great startups, Even though we don't have any ownership in them, it will benefit YC in some way. I can't exactly predict now. Now I know, that was a lot. It was all within the first few years of Sam's reign at YC, but it only continued. In 2018, YC launched Work at a Startup for engineers to easily apply to YC startup jobs and announced their Series A program to help founders know what it takes to raise their Series A round of funding as well as their plan for YC China though they ended up having to pull back. Of course, Sam has his limitations and acknowledged just that. Here's a quote from Sam. I absolutely could do a better job at managing the organization. It was my chief weakness that looped, and I still have some learned helplessness about it. I don't want to do weekly one-on-ones and let's talk about your career path, but I think it's okay to have a little mess at the organizational level if we're making the big decisions right, since those are the ones that bring us all our returns. That last part stood out to me though, making the big decisions right. If you can do that, most else doesn't seem to matter. There's been pushback though, specifically on the size of the batches at YC. When Sam became president, batches were around 60 companies, but had ballooned to 205 in the last batch by the time he left. In my opinion, this seems inevitable, especially with Sam at the helm. All told, Sam accomplished a lot as YC president certainly seeming to live up to the idea that YC's ambitions would increase 10x with him leading the way. In 2019, Sam transitioned to chairman to allow him to focus on OpenAI full-time, starting the next chapter of his career. OpenAI. OpenAI is Sam's most ambitious undertaking yet. They're trying to build artificial general intelligence, AGI, and ensure that it benefits all of humanity. Their most recent product, ChatGPT, has achieved remarkable growth right out of the gate, and here's a a quote, so a tweet from Sam Altman, December 4th, 2022. ChatGPT launched on Wednesday. Today it crossed 1 million users. That's absolutely insane. 1 million users within five days. Compare that with past OpenAI products, and it's clear that their growth only seems to be accelerating. Here's another tweet from Sam uh, in June 20, June 22nd, 20, 2022. Little OpenAI update. GPT3, GitHub Copilot, and Dolly each have more than 1 million signups took GPT-3 around 24 months to get there, Copilot, I think around six months, and DALI only two and a half months. My first real taste of their products was DALI 2, which creates realistic looking images from a text description. It's pretty cool. Seeing it in action for the first time was surreal and hinted at their abilities. These game-changing products, while incredibly expensive to run because of the compute costs, certainly gave OpenAI a path to monetizing in a big way. According to Reuters, OpenAI was projected to do $200 million in revenue this year and a billion in 2024. If the adoption of their products continues to accelerate, these numbers could reach much, much higher. But let's take a step back. OpenAI is trying to build artificial general intelligence, something incredibly challenging yet important to do. Here's a tweet from Sam, March 18, 2022. Creating AGI is, I think, most interesting, challenging, important technical problem in the world. The engineering challenges are now as hard and impactful as the research challenges. If you're an engineer, OpenAI would love to hear from you. Now, while every expert seems to have a different opinion on when we'll have AGI, few questions if we'll have AGI. People are pretty sure we will at some point. It's going to happen. The team likely to do it? OpenAI. Why? Sam Altman. It's not that he alone will do it. That's crazy. And yes, he probably gets too much credit for OpenAI success. There are many other people involved. But the fact that he is who he is certainly plays a role, not only in attracting some of the smartest people in the world to work at OpenAI, but for their level of ambition to ever increase with him at the helm. That became apparent as soon as he came on board full-time in 2019, with a rapid succession of releases and announcements in the first few years. In 2019, OpenAI changed from a nonprofit to a for profit with Microsoft investing a billion dollars. On June 11, 2020, OpenAI launched its first product, first commercial product, the OpenAI API. And nine months later, 300 applications were using their API, which is kind of crazy. On June 17, 2020, ImageGPT was announced. In May of 2021, the $100 million OpenAI startup fund launched. In November 2nd, 2022, OpenAI launched Converge, a five week program where participants get a million dollar investment. December 1st, 2022, OpenAI Startup Fund announced its first four investments. And then February 1st, 2023, ChatGPT Plus is announced, starting at $20 per month. While AGI seems like a ways off at best, Sam Altman is certainly leading the charge to make sure we get there. And what does the future potentially look like? The best case, in an interview with Strictly VC, Here's the quote from Sam. I think the best case is so unbelievably good that it's hard for me to even imagine. I can sort of think about what it's like when we make more progress of discovering new knowledge with these systems than humanity has done so far, but in a year instead of 70,000. I can sort of imagine what it's like when we launch probes out to the whole universe and find out everything going on out there. I can sort of imagine what it's like when we have unbelievable abundance in systems That can sort of help us resolve deadlocks and improve all aspects of reality and let us live our best lives. The good case is just so unbelievably good. And the bad case, according to Sam, lights out for all of us. Sleep well, my friends. Let's not forget, though. Sam's ambition extends beyond building companies. He's also investing in world-changing companies. Angel investing. Earlier, I hinted at Sam's ambition as an angel investor. The scale is way beyond what most angels are capable of. He's done around 400 investments personally, with his largest being that $375 million investment in Helion I mentioned previously. The Helion investment, in particular, is significant for what it may allow. Here's a quote from Sam. If something like Fusion does work, it will so change the dynamics of what's possible in terms of our ability to create things like aviation fuel easily or carbon capture out of the atmosphere. Now, with those 400 investments, he's funded just about everything. Through his experience as an angel investor and also with investing in thousands of companies at YC, he's learned a thing or two about startup investing. A few of these stood out to me. First is in understanding the power law in angel investing. Here's a quote from Sam. Everyone claims that they understand the power law in angel investing, but very few people practice it. I think this is because it's hard to conceptualize the difference between a 3x and a 300x or 3000x return. It's common to make more money from your single best angel investment than all the rest put together. The consequence of this is that the real risk is missing out on the outstanding investment and not failing to get your money back, or as people ask for, a guaranteed 2x, on all your other companies. Now here's a second quote from Sam in regards to hot rounds that investors fight to get into. I've been thinking a lot about what these investments have in common and what about them was different from other investments. The most striking observation is that, in my experience, the hot seed rounds that everyone is fighting to get in are anti-correlated with very successful investments. It's probably different for A or B rounds because the best companies often have exponential growth at that point. The hotly competed seed investments I've made have underperformed. That's what Sam Altman said in an article called Black Swan Seed Seed Rounds. And finally, how to do well as an investor. Here's another quote from Sam. That said, to do well as an investor, you need to do three things. Get access to good investment opportunities, make good decisions about what to invest in, and get the companies you want to invest in to choose you as an investor. That's it. You can often help the companies you invest in become bigger than they otherwise would have been, but the sad reality is that your best investments will do quite well without you. That's from Sam Altman in How to Invest in Startups, another article you can find all these at justcogrind.com. Aside from YC investing as an angel, he also launched a $21 million fund backed by Peter Thiel in 2012 after exiting Looped. According to a New York Times profile, Hydrazine had grown tenfold in value in just four years. That was the name of the fund, Hydrazine Capital. If that wasn't enough, Sam launched a fund called Apollo with his brothers Max and Jack in 2020 to invest in moonshot projects. Now, here's a couple quotes from Sam's best essays. Following the footsteps of Paul Graham, Sam Altman makes time to write and has a number of fantastic essays. I've included quotes from a few of them already. Below are two more of my favorites with one quote from each. This is from an essay called The Days Are Long But The Decades Are Short. Minimize your own cognitive load from distracting things that don't really matter. It's hard to overstate how important this is and how bad most people are at it. Get rid of distractions in your life. Develop very strong ways to avoid letting crap you don't like doing pile up and take your mental cycles, especially in your work life. Another quote from How to Be Successful, which is a great essay by Sam. Focus is a force multiplier on work. Almost everyone I've ever met will be well-served by spending more time thinking about what to focus on. It is much more important to work on the right thing than it is to work many hours. Most people waste most of their time on stuff that doesn't matter. Once you have figured out what to do, be unstoppable about getting your small handful of priorities accomplished quickly. I've yet to meet a slow-moving person who is very successful. That's from Sam Altman. Now it's difficult to pick just two, even harder to choose only one quote from each. I'd highly suggest reading them in their entirety and checking out Sam's blog with more of his essays from his archive. So what's next? Here's a future Sam is hoping for. A quote from Sam in another interview. The future I would like to see is where access to AI is super democratized, where there are several AGIs in the world that can help allow for multiple viewpoints and not have anyone get too powerful. And the cost of intelligence and energy, because it gets commoditized, trends down and down and down and the massive surplus there, access to the systems, eventually governance of the systems benefits all of us. Personally, I think we'll get there. Sam's unrelenting ambition will make certain of that. Thank you so much for listening to this audio version of the Just for Grind newsletter. Testing this out, let me know what you thought. Send me an email at at justinatjustforgrind.com. Thanks.